One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I'm Courtney Eck. And we love you guys. And we're Heck sisters. Yeah. Yep. And we're going to talk to you about some murder. Yes. I'm really, really excited about this murder. Well, it's several murders and then some really scary stuff Ooh. at the end. I think that's maybe the first time that you've told me that you're really, really excited about one of your stories. So I am really, really excited. Well, it's it blends two worlds. You'll understand what I mean. And it's a little bit similar to the last case, a couple of cases I've done. We're going back to the UK and it's a serial killer story. But you'll understand why at the end, why I chose this case. Can't wait. Oh, and also at the end, we're going to play a promo for the beautiful podcast, Bruh, It's a Murder. They are wonderful hilarious really funny really funny and i don't know where they live but i'm always hoping it's like near chicago so that we can hang out with them when the pandemic is over but yeah their stories are good like creepy and yes it's a solid podcast absolutely so there's our seal of approval and you can hear more about it at the end of this episode and before i start i just want to give a quick trigger warning for child sexual assault and murder so this episode is about the Canuck Chase murders. Say, say that again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Canuck, C-A-N-N-O-C-K, the Canuck Chase murders. Canuck Chase. Is that like a location? I'll, I, well, it's, <laughs> I'm about to tell you. Okay, sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> not way more shitty than I intended it to. <laughs> But literally, the first sentence, the first sentence of this episode is, Canuck Chase is an area 20 miles north of Birmingham. Oh, well, there we go. Yep. Um, It's described as a vast, wild land full of, quote, scrub and wasteland, and was used for training during both world wars. In the 1950s, it was known for its natural beauty, but the lovely facade of the area would be shattered in the 1960s. Hmm. On December 1st, 1964, a nine-year-old girl was riding her bicycle alone when a man pulled up, identified himself as, quote, Uncle Len, and said, I know, it's like, why the Uncle Len in particular is so scary? And he said her aunt had sent him to pick her up to go get Christmas presents. Oh, no. The man raped and attempted to strangle her to death and then threw her in a ditch by the side of the road to die. 
Luckily, somehow the little girl was discovered in the ditch and was able to recover, but just barely. I know. I know. Doctors. Sorry. You know those sad face emojis, like the really sad ones with its full. cry, tears. Upside down sad face. That's what my face is. Yes. Yes. It's fucking awful. The doctors estimated that she wouldn't have survived if she'd been discovered just 20 minutes later. Oh, my God. Yeah. Unfortunately, the little girl was unable to give the police much evidence to find her attacker, and the case went cold. Sweetheart. I know. On September 8th, 1965, six-year-old Margaret Reynolds was on her way to school after her lunch break in the Birmingham suburb of Aston when she completely vanished. When she hadn't returned home by dinner time, her mother contacted the police to report her missing. 150 police officers interviewed over 25,000 people, but they were unable to locate the young girl. They still hadn't found her by December 30th when another very young girl went missing. Five-year-old Diane Tift was walking home the short distance between her house and her grandmother's when she also disappeared. Another massive police search was launched, and the police began narrowing in the hunt for somebody who could be in the area and not draw a lot of attention to himself, like a cab or delivery driver. Mm-hmm. The abductions had also all occurred along the stretch of A34 roadway, which the murders are sometimes referred to as the A34 murders, um, which runs through Canic Chase. Around this time, the brother of a man named Raymond Morris came forward and claimed that Raymond was in the area at the time of the abductions, had access to a car, and had very perverted sexual interests. Police investigated Raymond and found that he was a respectable member of society, was the foreman of the place where he worked, and was a happily married man with two children. They interviewed Raymond, but also found that he had an alibi for both abductions, so was released. Hmm. I know, if your brother thinks you're the guy. Right. On January 12, 1965, a workman spotted something in a ditch near Canic Chase. Upon further investigation, it was the body of Diane Tift. Mm. Police worked throughout the night, keeping a constant eye out for Margaret Reynolds, but there was no sign of her. A police photographer photographed and then developed photos of the scene in the same night, and when he began inspecting them, he noticed there was an outline of another little girl beneath Diane's body, that had been revealed because of the angle of the light of the flash. What? So when they moved Diane's body, Margaret was found just below her, pressed oh. into the soft earth of the field. Oh, my God. Yeah. Spooky town. She wasn't buried. No. They were just placed right on top of like the... Ex- exactly right. Oh, God. I know. Wow. Both of the girls had been raped and strangled before being dumped. This gruesome discovery confirmed that they were looking for a serial child killer. How have I never heard? I I know. The media descended upon Canic Chase and the locals were hysterical from the news that there was a killer preying on the children in the community. And I watched a show on this and it was (laughs) so it was so funny. Like the Brits are so thorough and polite. Like describing the cars and describing the area and like none of the gruesomeness or anything like that, you know. And I couldn't find a ton of information. I mean, what is out there is out there. It's kind of all the same. It's one of those, Mm -hmm. you know. Right. Um, But yeah, I'm like, this is horrifying. A guy killing little tiny girls. And it was one of the biggest manhunts in all of the history of the UK. Even bigger than the Moors murders. Wow. Yeah. 
You said this is in the 60s? This was in the 60s, yep. Yeah. On August 14th, 1966, 10-year-old Jane Taylor went missing while riding her bicycle just south of Canuck Chase and was never seen again. Just two months later, two young girls claimed a man named Raymond Morris brought them to his apartment and had them undress in separate rooms and took photos of them. Ready for some real bullshit? Ugh, no. Raymond was brought in for questioning, but the girls couldn't fully corroborate each other's testimony, and the police were unable to locate the photos they claimed he took of them, so Morris was released without being charged. Um, uh, so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, why, why, why? Why do, why do they need to have perfectly told stories and why would you need to see the pictures? Yeah. Two traumatized little girls. Like they're not going to make that shit up. No. For fun no. And have his full name. Yes. And he's no, already he been brought in for questioning. Yep. The <sighs> problem is that they made their report to a different police department. Oh. So they weren't aware of him. But even if they had cross checked with the other department, the other department had accidentally recorded Raymond's interview under his brother's name. Oh no. Yeah. So even if they had cross-checked, they still would have missed it. Oh no. I know. So fast forward 5 days to August 19th, my birthday, and a man pulled over on the side of the road where 7-year-old Christine Darby was playing with friends and he asked them for directions. The children pointed in the direction of the town he was looking for. But he somehow managed to lure Christine into the car to actually take him where the town was. Her friends were then surprised when he took off in the opposite direction of where they'd said he should go. Police immediately activated the, quote, stop plan, which had been developed in case another girl was abducted. It involved three nearby police forces, and they planned that if another girl went missing, they would immediately close down like a huge area using police vehicles and no one would be allowed in or out unfortunately it took around 25 minutes for someone to call the police to report christine missing so the abductor was able to drive beyond the area that would be shut down Mm. and i will say we criticize the police a lot this is a case where the police worked their fucking asses off i mean other than the fact that they like totally fucked up and let the guy go multiple times (laughs) so i guess i take it back yeah. Yeah. So the little boy who'd seen Christine's abduction was able to tell the police that the man who took her was local based on the way he pronounced the name of a nearby town. So you know how like in Portland there's Cooch Street, which right. is like couch, but it's pronounced Cooch for some reason. It was one of those sort of scenarios. They put together a list of local men between the ages of 21 to 50, which was in the thousands, and interviewed every single one of them. Holy shit. Unfortunately... The interviews brought them no closer to finding their man. Three days after Christine was taken, she was found in a field by an officer, sexually assaulted and suffocated to death. During their massive investigation, like I mentioned, one of the largest in British history, the police interviewed a witness who'd seen the suspect's car, and her father happened to own the exact same car, Mm -hmm. so she was able to conclusively identify it as a gray Austin A55 or A60. That's A nice coincidence. (laughs) I know, totally. They were also able to build a police sketch based off of witness description. Police interviewed 54,000 homeowners in the area, as well as 23,000 owners of Gray Austins, and the interviews eventually led them back to Hmm. Raymond motherfucking Morris. 
<laughs> so police interviewed Morris and his wife, who claimed he'd been shopping with her the day Christine was abducted. Mm-hmm. So he was let go. No. Again. No. Third time. No. Third. I really hope that that wife was just misremembering and not covering for him. She was anyway. not misremembering. She, she was wasn't. covering for him. Yes. I mean, I don't think she knew about the murders, but she was just covering for him. Yeah. I mean, I would probably do that, too. Like, let's just be honest. Unless I suspected that Laura was a serial killer. (laughs) But, you know, I know enough about true crime to know that if somebody comes and suspects your partner of a murder, you should probably try to avoid them going into for, like, actual questioning or getting charged. Because they're probably going to jail if it gets to that that level, you know. I still, I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I also would think that you would probably have some sort of suspicion. That's what I was thinking. Like, I don't think that would, I mean, God, this could be my famous last words. Yeah. Ryan, who does not listen. If you're a serial killer, I would be completely shocked. (laughs) I don't know if there's any (laughs) less serial killer in the world than your husband. Honest to God. It's the nicest, sweetest, most gentle person. Delicious stew or something yeah <laughs> i'm gonna kill you by feeding you too much homemade indian food yeah i was thinking that i know that it's something that people talk about a lot but it's a reminder for me because i've never had this conversation with my children but to explain to them that if an adult is asking mm-hmm. you for help mm-hmm. you say no there's right. never a, an instance where it's okay for an right. adult to be asking a child for help absolutely not ever and we had a password growing up. We had a secret word. So we did? Had, yeah, I did. <laughs> you I did. They you, loved you more. <laughs> yeah, they didn't care if you got napped. Um, yeah, it was horseshoe. So mom was like, if I were to, if there was an emergency and I sent someone to get you, I would tell them to tell you the word horseshoe. So that was how I was to know that that's mom had actually sent them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's smart. Yep. Yeah, I mean, my almost six-year-old, he would absolutely go help somebody. He didn't know. He's got oh, that personality. God, in yeah. In a second. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a good reminder. Sadie's children's password is horseshoe, everybody. <laughs> please, please don't abduct my children. <laughs> On May 21st, 1968, police received a call that five and two-year-old girls had been abducted from outside of their home. Five and two years. Five and two. Oh my God. This time they were able to stop the driver of the car through the stop plan. It worked that time. Thank God. I know. And he claimed the little girls were friends of his daughters. No. They denied that they knew him and said he'd put tape on their mouths after he took them. The police were thrilled to have finally captured the killer, but unfortunately, they very quickly figured out that this abductor was not the same man who was killing little girls. Because he had actual alibis for all of the other abductions. What? He was still a predator. Oh my god. So his capture was a major win for the police and the lives right. of the little girls, but he was not the serial killer. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Like imagine Just like child kidnappers, pedophiles, like yes. driving around the same area? Exactly. And in the show they were like, Can you imagine? Like we had these no. two aggressive sexual predators in the area at the same time and we never probably would have caught that one without the other one i know so good for them (laughs) right like if i was that those little girls be like 
thank God. Thank God yeah. they had this whole, like, massive police force, like, ready for little girls to get snatched. <laughs> Jesus. I know. So then on November 4th of the same year, Raymond Morris tried to abduct 10-year-old Margaret Alton by offering her fireworks. And when he attempted to pull her into the car, he realized that a neighbor was watching, so he let her go. Luckily, the neighbor took down the license plate number, but unfortunately, they inverted two of the numbers. Luckily, again, the detective went through the entire card index and looked up every single combination of possible numbers, and it led back to Raymond motherfucking Morris. Good. Finally. Good. Police searched Morris's apartment this time and uncovered pornographic photos of his wife's five-year-old niece. Oh, no. Which finally led his wife to admit that she'd made up his alibi for the murder of Christine Darby. He had also previously owned a gray Austin. Police secretly followed Morris for several days to establish his routine. On a Friday in November 1968, police pulled him over and his response was, quote, Oh, God, was it my wife? meaning he was wondering if she'd recanted Mm. her alibi. Mm. Mm -hmm. Raymond was charged for the abuse of his niece, and police noticed a horrifying similarity between the way he'd photographed his niece and the way he'd posed the dead girls when he disposed of their bodies, down to leaving on one sock and taking off the other. Oh, I don't like this. It's so spooky. It was like very specific details you know, the different things that he did to all the girls. Mm -mm. They brought in one of the eyewitnesses who was able to identify Morris as the man they'd seen driving in Canuck Chase on the night Christine Darby's body was left there. During the trial, Morris is said to have remained stony-faced the entire time and acted as his own defense lawyer. At one point during the trial, a little girl in the audience jumped up and screamed, that's him, that's the man who did it to me. And she was quickly removed from the courtroom. Wow. I'm not sure who she was. I don't think they knew who she was, but they they weren't sure if the police had maybe had her parents bring her for this outburst. Oh. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, he probably did do something to her, but they don't know right. if it was staged. Ugh. Morris was found guilty of the murder of Christine Darby and the attempted kidnapping and assault of two other girls. He was never, unfortunately, charged for the murders of Margaret Reynolds or Diane Tift, and their cases remain officially unsolved. Although, he totally fucking killed those girls. Right. 100% he did it, but they just couldn't gather enough evidence. He was sentenced to life in prison, where he maintained his innocence until he died in prison in 2014. Wow. So, why did I do this story? As we're leading up to our new listener tales and spooky stories, and creepypastas, and things like that. What's my, what is my most scary creepypasta? What is the thing that scares me the most? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And also, guys, this part gets really fucking scary. So if you don't like scary stuff, I would enjoy that little case and move on with your day. The black-eyed children. The (laughs) black-eyed children. Scare the absolute living shit out of me. And it turns out... That the legend of the black-eyed children originated Ugh. in Canuck Chase in the 1980s, and people have reported seeing little girls with black eyes in the woods for decades. Oh. 
my god i'm so scared <laughs> i scared myself so badly like rehearsing this the other day it was like three o'clock in the afternoon and i really like legitimately scared myself so oh god i know i was just feeling really grateful that it's it's like seven o'clock in the evening <laughs> still bright and nice out and like i've got a few hours before bed <laughs> <laughs> So I couldn't believe that when I, I have no idea, honestly, either, like how I found the connection. Did but you I was find like, the case first? That's what I don't know. I don't know if I found okay. the case and then made the connection or, or, if, looking at or like... but I was like, holy shit. I cannot believe that that's based on an, like an actual series of murders. Right. So an 18 year old woman gave the first report of a spotting of a black eyed girl in Canic Chase in 1982. She was there one evening, getting into trouble with friends like teenagers do, when she heard a little girl shouting for help. So the report I read was written by the woman's nephew, so he was the one recalling her story. Quote, rushing to locate the sound, she stumbled upon a dirt track and caught sight of a six to eight-year-old girl running in the opposite direction, shouting, help, mommy, help. Immediately, my auntie started to run after the child, but was unable to keep up the pace. During the pursuit, she tripped and received a huge gash on her toe, but she continued to run. By now it was getting dark, and the little girl had reached an area of very densely planted, thick and bushy trees. She turned around to face my auntie, looked her dead in the eyes, and then ran off into the dark, compacted woodland. At this point, probably very wisely, the decision was made to give up. She alerted the police, who brought dogs, and they thoroughly searched the area, but didn't recover a little girl or any signs that someone had been there. Quote, it was only later when discussing the incident with a neighbor that my auntie was made aware of Raymond Morris's 1960s child killings in the area. Suffice it to say, this revelation really spooked her. <laughs> <laughs> he continues, quote, in my mind, it seems likely that even if my auntie had continued to chase that little girl, she would never have caught her because it wasn't a child at all, but an evil force planning to do away with my own family member. <sighs> So it is a good job she gave up when she did. Imagine what could have happened if she'd stayed out any longer. With darkness falling quickly in that relatively remote location, she could have easily lost her way. The woods can be extremely disorienting at night. Then what would have happened? Oh, I don't want to know. Oh! I don't want to know. It's <laughs> so scary. So fast forward to 2014, which you'll remember is the year that Raymond Morris died in prison. Mm. And a rash of people began reporting sightings of the black-eyed girls again. Oh, man. One man reported, quote, On Saturday, the 13th of September, my wife and I were walking through Canic Chase with our dog. Once we had entered the woodland, the road was no longer visible. We started to hear the giggling noise of a little girl. Mm -mm. To our amazement, a child no taller than one meter in height appeared as if out of nowhere further up the path from us. We stopped dead in our tracks after noticing her eyes had no color. Her head was tilted to the side in much the same way it would appear as if she had been hung. Oh, no. She stared at us for about five minutes before running away into a densely grouped area of trees. I'm sorry. Five minutes is a very long time. Very long time. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. You're just going to stare at each other for five minutes? I mean, he said my wife wanted to follow her, but I was having none of it. No. Uh, what no. the fuck? Another woman recalled, quote, around two months ago, my daughter and I were walking through Birch's Valley. It's an area very well known for its spectral sightings when we heard the screams of a young child. 
I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl, but they definitely seemed in distress and sounded very close to us, so we instantly started running toward the noise. We couldn't find the child anywhere, so stopped to catch our breath. That's when I turned around and saw a girl standing Mm -hmm. behind me, no more than 10 years old, with her hands over her eyes like she was waiting for a birthday cake. (laughs) I asked if she was okay. And if she'd been the one screaming, she then put her arms down by her side and opened her eyes, which is when I saw they were completely black, no iris, no white, nothing. I jumped back and grabbed my daughter, and when I looked again, the child was gone. It was strange, really. I knew something was going to happen even before it did. I just had a weird feeling. Fuck (laughs) that. so scary. That's so scary. Paranormal investigator Lee Brickley thinks the girls are some kind of demon. Quote, while it might seem like a standard spectral encounter, almost all the reports involve the child leading people toward potentially dangerous situations. I have received nine different reports in the last two years from seemingly credible witnesses. During interviews, most of their stories have been very similar. Quote, those who report encounters with them often feel that the children were somehow supernatural and extremely dangerous, though they could not explain why. A mother was looking through her photos of her children in Canic Chase in 2014 when she noticed, quote, ghostly figure of a child in a Victorian dress standing to the left of a tree where her children were climbing. We were on a family walk one afternoon and the kids decided to climb the tree. I stopped to take a photo, but it wasn't until I got home that I spotted a child's face looking back at me. I I couldn't believe it when I looked closer at the picture and there was a child standing with a wheel or hoop in her hand. It has really freaked me out. I don't like anything like that. (laughs) And we will post the picture, you guys. It's fucking awful. In 2015, paranormal investigator Tom Buckmaster captured footage of a little girl dressed in white walking through the woods in Canic Chase. Quote, it looks like a child dressed in white. You can see the legs moving as it walks. I didn't even know I had captured the ghost until I went over the footage and thought, quote, what the hell was that? You could hear running on the footpath behind us. At one point, a rock was rolled quickly from behind me and through the group out of nowhere. Quote, we used a device called a spirit box, which is basically a modified radio system. We got weird voices on there. There were footsteps and voices saying, quote, we're watching, we're looking. And then a male voice saying, he's coming. The footage appears to show a small white outline appearing to stand several meters away from the camera, glowing from a light that seems to come from within. And that is the story of the Canic Chase murders, and the legend of the Black-Eyed Girls. I love it, and I hated it. Ah! (laughs) Isn't that so scary? (laughs) It's so scary. It's so scary. I had to, like, half listen for a second so I could not be scared, and then I had to listen again. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. It's like when you're recording a podcast or reading a, a scary story, you can't close your eyes or something right no it's like when i wear i watch scary movies and when i get too scared i plug my ears because i know that the music makes me feel it it so much worse i can't do that when you're telling me a story nope oh man i know i know so good thanks well i didn't i like nobody had pointed out the fact that the girls started showing up again when he died i just happened to notice that when i was wow 
Yep. And I was looking. <laughs> Fuck no, that. I love, I love that shit so much. Whether it's real or not, I don't care because it scares me. Same. So much. Same. I love it. Yes. And it's also... I, I, you know, I could see how people would just be like, I'm going to report a black eyed girl now because a bunch of other people did it. But the first few people who did it, you just got to wonder, like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and -hmm. the fact that like many girls were murdered and left in those woods. It's just so scary. Yeah. Left an imprint for fucking (sighs) sure. Black eyed girls. Mm -mm. No. Worst nightmare. Yeah. It's my worst thing. So there you go, guys. Well, you're welcome for the nightmares. Yep. So night night, everybody. Night night. <laughs> go tuck yourselves in and picture little girls covering their eyes, like waiting for a birthday cake, and then they move them, and then they have no color in their eyes or white. Oh, God. Well, thank you. For you're that. welcome. You're welcome. And if you guys have scary stories, we're going to want you to send them please, to us. Please mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready. We'll put out our little poll. Tell us what you want us to call it. But yes, for us to do another episode for everybody. Yep. You have to tell the stories this time. And yeah. we will read them. Yeah, exactly. So start sending them in. And once we have a little pile of them, then we can start a second episode a week. Yeah. A scary, scary stuff. True or not true. And then also like hero stuff or like super positive stories. If something super positive happened to you or you heard about a super positive thing happening, we want those too. Mm-hmm. Please, please. Speaking of really scary stuff, I uh, I think recently I talked about wanting scary story podcasts. Yes, I wasn't finding any that scared me. Yes, a friend of mine recommended Knife Point Horror, mm-hmm. which actually is pretty scary. Yeah, it is not scary. not every single episode scares me, but there are some <laughs> mm-hmm. that hit me in just the right ways. Yes, and scare the shit out of me. Yes. Uh, there have been a handful, and I'm like, so it keeps me. Yeah, all of the stories are good, well told, and well totally. read. Yeah, the host is excellent. Yeah, and I think depending on what scares you, you mm-hmm. know, for some people, it might all of them might be scary. Yep. Um, so give it a listen. It's really good. Yeah, it's been around for a long time too. There's quite a few There's episodes. Zillions of episodes. And if you have any other recommendations for scary podcasts, please. I really, I just love. I'm finding because I spend so much time researching now. Yeah. do the stories i don't listen to as many true crime podcasts same but my new thing is want really wanting to listen to scary stories yeah feel a little get away from the real actual life terror that we're surrounded <laughs> by every day exactly getting scared by things that i know isn't real yep yep yikes all right hey. what, what else what kind of businesses well let's play the um bra it's a murder promo right now okay shall we yes Hey there, I'm Andre. And I'm Battle. And we're the hosts of Bros and Murder, a true crime podcast where we cover true crime cases of color. And we cover dumb cases that happen. And, and listen to also, good music. Yeah, we also well, listen to my music bad. too. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so just subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Come hang out with us. And, you know, just be gravy. <laughs> I think if you have a, a true crime of color that you think that we should cover, drop us Submit. drop us a yeah. line. Hit us, yeah, hit let us, us yeah, know. drop us a line. So check those cuties out. And also, it's very important (laughs) that we announce that Sadie surprised me with a... Oh, I was like, what? What A cake? 
I, not no. yet, but it's not too late. You could still surprise me with a cake. But in the meantime, she surprised me with, do you want to tell the people? Uh, they will kill dickpick at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's live you guys it's live it's official so if you need and as soon as like you sent that email i was like oh god i really don't want dick pics <laughs> i don't either i really don't <laughs> i really really don't i know people i've made that very clear i do not want them <laughs> but if you got to send them yeah you got a place to send them well didn't it didn't you say because then i emailed you <laughs> from that email address and didn't it like give you a warning yes gmail was like you might not want to open this <laughs> so Is it's it... there i can't say that courtney and i will ever like access the email address or look at what the contents are inside of the emails we receive from there i probably i will definitely look at the emails a hundred percent but yeah we told our friend sarah that we did this and she was like oh my god you gotta send them my way <laughs> So is it they will kill dick pick or dick picks, plural or singular? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, dick picks. Okay, so they will they kill, will kill dick, dick picks at gmail.com. If you really yep. got to send them, don't send them to the lady who doesn't nope. want them. She doesn't. Nope. We don't really either, but it's, it's, a, it's a receptacle for your right. perversions. <laughs> <laughs> Because Courtney wants to do good in the world. It's for society. <laughs> Stand by it. It's a uh, dick pick buyback <laughs> exchange. You don't get anything back, though. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you want to give a dick pick to receive one, I'm happy to send you one. So if you're like... <laughs> Just like a I'm random s- one. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want, I'm sending you this one, but I want one back in return. I'm sure. Okay. But yeah, and if anybody wants one, if we start getting them and you want one, <laughs> I'll send it to you. I just, I'm really worried about, <laughs> like, what? I know. Is there some kind of, like, liability or something? I like, the I FBI? Know. No, I'm just more worried about, like, the, like, who's going to be sending us. Anyway. Um, I know. I don't want to know your name. Definitely don't no, include your name. Because then no. if you're somebody that face. I like, or you're, like, a Please. listener or something, oh, I definitely God. don't want to know that. But I don't know. I'm still I guess you are a listener if you're sending your dick pics. You're listening to my show, <laughs> and you know that I have... So, you know, I, whatever. Be announcing this to like our social media pages. <laughs> That'll I'm, just open us up to all sorts of crazies. Maybe oh, we will. Lord. No, we won't. Courtney, no. tell your friends. No, let it get stop. Posters nope. made. <laughs> Put them up in in lunch stop. lunch rooms of offices <laughs> when the pandemic's over. Next to the like uh, disability ones or whatever, mm. like. Bill, nope. employees bill of rights and then unsolicited dick pic buyback <laughs> give program <laughs> oh god um what else any other businesses i don't think so so yeah i think that's it there's some scary things and dick pics and what else do you need in the world in nothing, your life nothing at all i know i feel like there should be more to talk about but sometimes there is sometimes there isn't <laughs> wiser words have never been spoken that's what i always say if you're lonesome you can find us at instagram facebook or twitter at they will kill you can go to our website they will kill.com and you can gmail us at they will kill podcast at gmail.com or 
they will kill dick pics at no. gmail.com. <laughs> uh, rate, review, subscribe. Yes, please. Please. And thank you, AJ Bergantz. Thank you so much for, for the music. Wonderful music. Those little baby twins should be coming out in oh a couple months. Oh my god, rock and roll twins. <laughs> I cannot wait. I oh, know. Go find him on Spotify. Listen to his new music. Yep. So. So yeah. there. So there. Do that. Do those things, please. <laughs> <laughs> and remember. Um, don't follow the black-eyed children Don't into follow the woods. them. If they show up at your house, you're, if you invite them in, you're fucked. Mm-mm. So that's like the other rule of the well, black-eyed children. Yeah. Don't do it. Also, don't go on Reddit and research black-eyed children if you ever want to sleep again yeah no go on reddit and talk about they will kill instead or go on youtube and watch the black-eyed children's short films it's fucking terrifying <laughs> no. oh. oh also there's a pig man that shows up in canic chase i didn't mention that but there's a screaming like man a figure that shows up that's got the body of a human man and a head of a pig and he screams like a pig and he and people have spotted him multiple times in canic chase what? yeah yep wow Yep. That's even... No, I don't know which is worse. Guess where I'm not vacationing after the pandemic. No. Canic Chase. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.